Hello guys and welcome back to Chinwag, the podcast where we chat about anything and everything that might take interest. Um, Today we are going to be talking about a very, um, well I guess you could say kind of morbid um, sort of subject, not the subject of which most people would be quite comfortable um, talking about. And I'm talking, of course, about death. And life. Like, what is the meaning behind life and death? Why are we here? Why do we die? Um, And also, uh, some things that we've learnt about death. Um, Things that you don't want to know anything about your death, consider this uh, your spoiler warning if you don't want to know Um, because we're going to be discussing 10 things that ideally you did not know about death but obviously we are born um, we're born and as soon as As soon as we are born, we are dying, essentially. But that is a massive misconception, because we... If we we have to be born to die, that can't be right, can it? When you think about it. And the reason I say that is because, obviously, there's people out there that have, unfortunately, suffered a child loss before birth. Which is never great, you know, and my heart goes out to those people, if you're one of them. Um, But death is one of those where you should not be scared, I don't think. You should, it's going to come, okay? If you're scared of death, then that's perfectly fine. But bear in mind that one day it is going to happen. And unless Elon Musk or some super duper scientist comes up with a way to upload or download our consciousness into a computer so that our bodies may die but our consciousness will live on, then it's a long goodbye, I'm afraid. Um, But obviously we are born and... As soon as we are born, ideally, our cells and our body starts to go through the aging process on which we grow. We do what we need to do in life that our body has been set out to do, i.e. feed, drink, reproduce, and then essentially die. You see, the thing about cells is some cells... Are, can work in ways where they don't need to reproduce. They are endless cells. Some cells um, can just go on and on and on without the necessary need for reproduction, providing that the environment that they are in is habitable for them. I, As in, they can survive where they are. 
Um, they've no need to reproduce. They have everything they need. Um, but ideally, we reproduce to carry on the human race, to carry on our genes, essentially. Um, and then when we die, that's what's done. That's our job done. Okay, our cells, our DNA, our genetics all gets handed down. We, as a human, are just a vessel for the cells, ideally. Our cells get transferred through reproduction, a mixture of cells. And then they carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on. It goes down the line. But, you know, death in the future might not be the end. It might not be. As I say, there are scientific and, you know, biological breakthroughs happening all the time where essentially a human could um, basically be uploaded or downloaded with the consciousness online. Or there could be the, what I like to call, Robocop effect. Now, you may giggle at that and think, Robocop, come on, Nath, what are you on about, mate? Jesus, Robocop? It's a film. Come on, educate us. Okay, I shall educate. Okay, so, it has been discussed with various scientists, biologists, biomechanic engineers, all that good stuff, that the brain is essentially just a computer. Like a very, very, very well-coded, very hyper-efficient, very delicate and gentle computer. But it's super powerful at the same time. And we don't use 100% of our brain's capacity, essentially. Now, there are discussions that I think you might be interested in if you look online yourself um, and you can see for yourself that there are discussions that you you can essentially upload your consciousness to a computer or upload and download, upload and download to different things. Um, but going back onto a Robocop, you could essentially take a human brain. Now, I might not be 100% accurate here, but my, to my knowledge, all the brain needs to survive is oxygen and blood flow. Now, you could essentially do that, you could remove the brain, keep the oxygen supply going to it, keep a blood flow going to it somehow. Um, essentially keeping it alive um, and then somehow put that into a robot and then upload the consciousness or download the consciousness into the robot and essentially you are like Robocop essentially you know um, but yeah death is a very unique thing it is a very unique thing and you know th there was a scientist i read that there was a scientist now not not to creep you out you know we all have our beliefs and what we'd like to think happens when we die 
Do we go on to a better place? Does our spirit go on to a better place? Now, we all... Well, I say we all know. In in science, it has been proven that energy cannot die. It has to be transferred. It has to move on, so to speak. For example, you take... You take a battery. The battery is just a body. Okay, like us. We are essentially batteries. Okay, now... You take a battery, it has got energy inside it, okay? You would put that battery into, let's say, a TV remote or whatever. That energy then, when you press a button, the remote sends a signal to the TV. The TV picks up on this signal, it emits light energy, sound energy, uh, electrical energy, all the rest of it. That energy is distributed and sent out in sound waves, electrical waves, whatever. And it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And it keeps moving and transferring and moving and transferring. And it just, it's endless. It just, the energy keeps on going, okay? So, going back to what I was initially saying about what I read, I read that a scientist who was fascinated on a lot of other subjects, but his primary one was life and death. What comes after we die? And his last experiment was a very unique one, and he laid on uh, like a, uh, a weighing scale bed. He was dying, he knew he was dying, and this is what he wanted to do. This was this was his wish. He laid on a specialized bed that was a very unique weighing scale. And he knew his final moments were coming. And he had set up a load of different cameras and lighting and cameras that could pick up in different um, forms of uh, spectral viewing, like negative and you know, anything, ultraviolet, um, thermal, all the rest of it, and he had microphones, and all, loads of stuff set up, basically, it was, like, his last best, um, experiment, and obviously there were other scientists there to record and capture anything that would happen, any, anything that happens at the point of his death, and a number of things happened. Uh, one of which was when he died, um, there was one of the cameras picked up like some sort of uh, mist or like some sort of um, like a like a sm- like when you have a cigarette and you like light a cigarette and you take a drag blow out smoke, obviously you can see the smoke, it was like a smoke rising from his body, but like in a very strange, unique way, and uh, another thing that happened was his weight changed, Um, and this changed at the exact same time that this anomaly, this, let's call it the mist, this mist um, rose from his body. Now you can take away from that what you will. Was that his spirit? 
what they recorded was his spirit going up. Was that his, his energy, his spirit going off up into heaven or wherever? Wherever it is we go when we die, if we go anywhere at all? What was it? And the weighing scales picked up on something as well. The weighing scales picked up that his body had lost 0.0... I could be wrong on this. 0.02 milligrams of weight. So it's a very minor weight that was lost. But it was a solid loss. It wasn't a fluctuation like it in flicker to and from. It lost and it was solid. It didn't fluctuate. And the scientist decided to basically say that whatever the, this thing that was that left the body at the point of death, as soon as his heart stopped, the cameras, well, I think it was one of the UV cameras that picked up, you couldn't see it with your naked eye, obviously. One of the cameras picked up on this and it was like the mist. And at the point of his heart stopping, the mist rose and he lost that 0.002 gram, whatever it was, of weight at the point of death. That's unique. That's strange. That's odd. Right? So, yeah, I mean, stuff like that does make you wonder. It does make you wonder what is after. Can, is you know, does our consciousness go with our energy? You know, obviously Elon Musk is on about doing these consciousness transfers, all these brain transfers. Um, but if there is, you know, such thing as ghosts, which some believe in, some don't believe in, it's all up to your own personal beliefs whether you believe in them or not. But if our consciousness is in a brain and we die and our consciousness is uploaded to a computer but our spirit our spirit goes on but our you know our consciousness ideally would go with our spirit as well what would happen like would we get a split consciousness? Like, our spirit would wander around only half its memories of its life. Oh, I am the ghost of, you know, Mary Abel, leave that fiver on the table. You know, and then our consciousness in the computer saying, I am the consciousness of Scrooge McDuck, I want to take that fiver and run like fuck. It... It makes you wonder, really. Death is a fascinating thing. Yeah, it's scary. Yes, it might be morbid to talk about, but it's also fascinating. Only the dead know, or don't know, what happens when you die. You know, our consciousness is said to still be active for, I think, I think I read that it was 10 minutes or something. Like our brain is active for 10 minutes after death. So if you are awake at the point of dying, you know you're dead. You can't move. You can't talk. You can't scream for help. You can't do anything. Your body has shut down 
but your brain is active and your eyes are open so can you essentially see dead ahead are you feeling the aches and pains of death creeping over your body as your blood flow stops you get what essentially is the tingling feeling so the tingling feeling is let's say you're in bed or you're laying on a sofa and you lay on your arm after a few moments the blood flow will slow down because you're cutting circulation into your arm and you'll get the tingling feeling or pins and needles and your hand starts to go numb essentially that was what would happen all over your body practically all at the same time when you die your heart stops so blood flow all around your body has stopped which means you're going to get the tingling feeling you're going to get pins and needles things are going to start to go numb because your nerve endings are like ah something's not right we're shutting down that's what happens when you die your nerve endings shut down they they go they just stop that's why you have no feeling as soon as you allow the blood flow back in you start to get feeling back in your hand leave it long enough and there's no way of those nerve endings coming back to life there's no way of them refiring no way of them ever getting feeling back that is if you leave the blood circulation off long enough if you were to put an elastic band or something really 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 tight around your arm and left it there then at some point your arm is going to rot and fall off not good not good but as i was saying you um you would essentially know death is happening or has happened unless you're asleep and i guess if you're asleep you some people like to think that you go peacefully some people would say you don't know you've gone you just go off into dreamland and stay in dreamland essentially what if it's a nightmare oh god can you imagine you're having a nightmare and in the middle of the nightmare you die and your consciousness is awake so you can't wake up from that nightmare and you die in the nightmare because you die in real life what would that be like would it just fade does everything just turn off like like turn on off a light switch who knows who knows death is a very fascinating thing a very fascinating thing but i've rambled on for nearly 20 minutes about life and death and i've not even discussed the 10 things so here we go and i'm reading this from um Uh, from a website that I found, um, and it's ten new things we've learned about death, and it goes like this: For centuries, cultures have personified death to give this terrifying mystery a familiar face. Modern science has demystified death by divulging its biological processes. Yet many questions remain. Studying death is not meant to be a morbid reminder which I've mentioned. It's not meant to be a morbid reminder of a cruel fate, but a way to improve the lives of the living. Black cloak, scythe, 
Skeletal Grim. The Grim Reaper is the classic visage of death in Western society, but its black cloak, sorry, but it's far from the only one. It's far from the only one. Ancient societies personified death in a I can't even pronounce that word. Myriad, myriad of ways. Uh, Greek mythology has the winged, um, has the winged uh, nipper Thanatos, Thanos in Marvel. Um, Norse mythology, the gloomy and reclusive Hell, H E L. While Hindu traditions sport the widely ornate King Yama. Little reference to Dragon Ball Z there. Um, modern science has uh, de-personified death, pulling back its cloak to discover a complex pattern of biological and physical processes that separate the living from the dead. But with the advert, uh, with the advent of these discoveries in some ways death has become more alien one which is one that I have mentioned here you are conscious after death many of us imagine death will be like drifting to sleep your head gets heavy your eyes flutter and gently close a final breath and then lights out it sounds perversely pleasant. Too bad. It may not be that quick. Dr. Sampania, the director of critical care and resuscitation research at the uh, NYU Lang- Langone, 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 Langone Medical Center, uh, researches death and has postponed that our consciousness sticks around while we die. This is due to brainwaves firing in the cerebral cortex. Uh, The conscious thinking part of the brain for roughly 20 seconds after clinical death. Oh, it's 20 seconds, okay. Um, Studies on lab rats have shown their brains surge while activity in... Sorry, let me just read that again. Studies have shown... Studies on lab rats have shown their brains surge while activity in the moments after death. So the brain is going haywire and mad after after the rats died. That's, uh, that's interesting. Resulting in a aroused and hyper-alert state. If such states occur in humans, it may be evident that the brain maintains a lucid consciousness during death's early stages. It may also explain how patients brought back from the brink can remember events that took place while they were technically dead. But why, but why the study, the, but why study the experience of death if there's no coming back from it? <clears throat> In the same way that a group of researchers might be studying the qualitative nature qualitative nature there we go (laughs) oh my god my reading is not on point today Uh, nature of the human experience of love for instance we're trying to understand the exact features that people experience when they go through death because we understand that this is going to reflect universal experience 
we're going to have when we die. Hmm. So, yeah, the, basically, you are conscious, like I was mentioning. Uh, number two, brains, uh, zombie brains are a thing. In brackets, kind of. Recently, at the Yale School of Medicine, researchers received 32 dead pig brains from a nearby slaughterhouse. No, it wasn't some mafia-style intimidation tactic. They'd placed the order in the hopes of giving the brains a physiological resurrection. The researchers connected the brain to an artificial perfusion system called Brain X. It pumped a solution through them that mimicked blood flow, bringing oxygen and nutrients to the inert tissues. The system revitalized the brains and kept some of the cells alive for as long as 36 hours post-mortem. The cells consumed and metabolized sugars. The brain's immune systems even kicked back in, and some samples were even able to carry electrical signals. Because the researchers weren't aiming for animal farm with zombies. They included chemicals in the solution that prevented neural activity representative of consciousness from taking place. The actual goal was to design a technology that will help us study the brain and its cellular functions longer and more thoroughly. With it, we may be able to develop new treatments for brain injuries and neurodegenerative conditions. Degenerative. Amen. Um, number three, death is not the end part of you. Excuse me. Uh, there is life after death. No, science hasn't discovered proof of an afterlife or how much the soul weighs. That is wrong. After when what I mentioned about the scientist that he weighed in at 0.002 milligrams or whatever it was. So, you know, whoever wrote this, obviously it needs to read up on that. But... I will continue. Uh, but our genes keep going on after our demise, which is obviously, again, what I mentioned earlier. A study published in the Royal Society's Open Biology looked at gene expression in dead mice and zebrafish. The researchers were unsure if gene expression diminished gradually or stopped altogether. What they found surprised them. Over a thousand genes became more active after death. In some cases, these spiked expressions lasted up for up to four days. We didn't anticipate that, Peter Noble, study, Peter Noble, study author and microbiology professor at the University of Washington, told Newsweek. Can you imagine 24 hours after time of death? You take a sample of the transcripts of the genes are... Uh, of the genes are actually increasing in in abundance this was a surprise 
Gene expression was shown for stress and immunity responses, but also development genes. Noble and his co-authors suggest this shows that the body undergoes a stepwise shutdown, meaning vertebrates die gradually and not all at once. Interesting. Number four, your energy lives on, which again I have discussed. Even our genes will eventually fade, and all that we are will become clay. Did you find such oblivion disheartening? You're not alone. But you may take solace in the fact that part of you will continue on long after your death. Your energy. According to the first law of thermodynamics, the energy that powers all life continues on and can never be destroyed. It is transformed. As, uh, as comedian and physicist Aaron Freeman explains in his Uology from a Physicist. <clears throat> you want the physicist to remind your sobbing mother about the first law of thermodynamics, that no energy gets created in the universe and none is destroyed. You want your mother to know that all your energy, every vibration, every BTU of heat, every wave of every particle that has, that was her beloved child remains with her in this world. You want the physicist to tell your weeping father that amid energies of the cosmos you gave as good as you got. Number five. Near-death experiences may be extreme dreams. Near-death experiences come from come in a variety of styles. Some people float above their bodies. Some go to super to a supernatural realm and meet past-on relatives. Others enjoy the classic dark tunnel of bright light scenario. One thing they all have in common: we don't know what's going on. A study published in Neurology suggests near-death experiences stem from a type of sleep-wake state. It compared survivors who had near-death experiences with those who did not. <coughs> uh, I where I am. Uh, those did not. Uh, the researchers, sorry about that. The researchers found that people with near-death experiences were more like teeth back in. Let's try that one again. The researchers found that people with near-death experiences were more likely to also undergo REM or REM intrusions, which is uh, repetitive eye movement. I think REM stands for, or reoccurring eye movement, um, intuitions, uh, states in which sleep intrudes upon wakeful consciousness. People who have who have near death experiences may have an arousal system that predisposes them to uh, REM intuition. Uh, Kevin Nelson, professor at University of Kentucky, Kentucky, 
Kentucky, Kentucky, <laughs> um, and the study's lead author told the BBC. It's worth noting that the study does have limitations. Only 55 participants were interviewed in each group, and the results relied on a anecdotal evidence. Uh, these highlight key difficulties in studying near-death experiences. Such experiences are rare and cannot be induced in a controlled setting, such as uh, such a proposal would be a huge red flag and any ethics board. The results is sparse. The result is sparse data, uh, opened to a lot of interpretation. But it is unlikely that the soul enjoys a post-mortem romp. One experiment installed pictures on high shelves in 1,000 hospital rooms. These images would only be visible to people whose souls departed the body and returned. No cardiac arrest survivor reported seeing the images. Then again, if they did manage to sever their fleshly feathers, uh, fetters, they may have had more pressing matters to attend to. Number six, animals may mourn the dead. We're still not sure, but eyewitness accounts suggest the answer may be yes. Field researchers have witnessed elephants staying with the dead, even if the deceased is not from the same family herd. This observation led to researchers to conclude the elephant had a generalized response to death. Dolphins too have been seen guarding deceased members of their species, and chimpanzees maintain social routines with the dead, such as grooming. No other species have been observed performing human-like memorial rituals, which requires abstract thought. I said that quite posh, didn't I? Requires abstract thought. Uh, it requires abstract thought, I know. <laughs> uh, but these events suggest animals possess, possess a unique understanding of and response to death. As Goldman writes for BBC, for every fact of life there is unique that is unique to our species, there are hundreds that are shared with other animals. Uh, as important as it is to avoid projecting our own feelings onto animals, we also need to remember that we are in inescapable in an inescapable way animals ourselves. Uh, number seven, who first buried the dead? Anthropologist Donald Brown has studied human cultures and discovered hundreds of features shared by each and every one of each and every one. Among them, every culture has its own way to honor and mourn the dead. By the way, this is part seven. <laughs> I forgot to throw the number in there. Um, let's carry on. But who was the first? Humans or other homonym? Hominin. Other hominin. Right, I'm going to spell this out. You guys can figure this word out. H O M I N I N. Hominin. 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 I'm going to say hominin. Uh, in our ancestral lineage, uh, 
That answer is difficult because it's, it is shrouded in the fog of our prehistorical past. However, we do not can, we do not have a candidate. Several fossils of this extinct hominin were discovered in a cave chamber at the Rising Star Cave System, cradle of humankind, South Africa. To access the chamber required a vertical climb, a few tight fits and much crawling. This led researchers to believe it's unlikely so many individuals ended up there by accident. They also ruled out geological traps. Uh, hang on a minute. Geological, geological traps. Uh, like cavings, given the seemingly deliberate placement, some have concluded the chamber served as a Homo Nailedi graveyard. Nailedi graveyard. Homo Nailedi graveyard. Uh, others aren't sure. Others aren't so sure. And more evidence is needed before we can definitively answer this question. Number eight. This is an interesting one. Walking corpse syndrome. Oh my god, the zombies are among us. For most of us, the line between life and death is stark. We are alive, therefore we are not dead. It's a notion many take for granted. And we should be thankful. We can manage it so effortlessly. People afflicted with Cotard's syndrome don't see the divide so cleanly. This rare condition was first described by Dr. Jules Cotard in 1882 and describes people who believe they are dead, missing body parts or have lost their soul. This nihilistic delusion manifests in a prevailing sense of hopelessness, neglect of health and difficulty dealing with eternal reality. In one case, a 53-year-old Filipino woman with Cotard syndrome believed herself to smell like rotting fish and wished to be brought to the morgue so she could be with her kind. Thankfully, a regimen of anti... anti... Psycho antipsychotics, antipsychotics. Yeah, I thought I was reading that wrong. Then antipsychotics and antidepressants improved her condition. Others with the deliberate, del- deliberating mental disorder have also been known to improve with proper treatment. That is very interesting. People think they are dead. What a strange and odd disorder. Wow. That is, I'm just having a moment to just take that in for a second. Uh, number nine. Do hair and fingernails grow after death? I've, I've read... Okay, this, this, this bit of information could be wrong, depending on what it says. But I've read that fingernails and hairs do grow for a short period. Um, I think it's like two weeks after death that the cells are still producing um, what would need to grow hair and fingernails 
Um, but I've also read that it's obviously because that the skin retracts to its to its skeletal structure. Um, that hair seems like it's grown, but hasn't. But we will we will continue on with this read. Okay, so here we go. Um, this is a myth, but one that does have a biological origin. Uh, here we go. The reason hair and fingernails don't grow don't grow after death is because new cells can't can't be produced. Yet we have learned that cells some cells do go on. Glucose fuels cells, cell division, and cells require oxygen to break down glucose into cellular energy. Death puts an end to the body's ability to intake either one. But there are some cells that do continue on afterwards. So what's it saying here? That some cells that require that are needed to grow fingernails and hair die, but other cells can carry on. Let's carry on. It also ends uh, the intaking of water, leading to dehydration. Ah, see, now this, 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 when you're buried and you've got that ton of, a good few ton of soil on your coffin, okay, it is known that coffins can break and collapse and implode upon the body. Now, that would open the body to soil. Soil has moisture. When it rains, the water would fall down into the body, which would moisturise the body. Ideally, giving it moisture, giving the water and whatever it is, would that speed up decomposition of the body? What would it do? Who knows? But that's just a thing that I'm throwing in there. Um, as a corpse's body de- desiccates, desiccates, yes, that's right, skin desiccates, it pulls away from the fingernails, which is what I've just mentioned, as the skin contracts to its skeletal structure, making them look longer. Ah, see, I just mentioned that, yep. And retracts around the face, yes, giving a dead man's chin a five o'clock shadow. Hmm. Anyone unlucky enough to exhume a corpse could easily mistake these changes as signs of growth. Interestingly, post-mortem hair and fingernail growth provoked law about vampires and other creatures of the night. When our ancestors dug up fresh corpses and found hair growth and blood spots around the mouth, the result of natural blood pooling, their minds naturally wandered to undeath, thinking that they were in fact vampires and then presumed or carried out a staking to the heart after after death hmm. uh, not becoming undead is anything we would we would need to worry about today, today unless of course you donate your brain to the Yale School of Medicine and last but not least in the top 10 things you may not know about dying why we die Here we go. People who live to be 110 years old, called supercentenarians, are a rare breed. Those who live to be 120, rarer still. The longest living human on record was Jeanne Calment, a French woman who lived an astounding 100 
122 years. Holy shit, that's a long time. But why do we die in the first place? Setting spiritual and eggs. Jesus Christ! Setting supernatural and ex- existent. Oh, Jesus, I can't even say existent. Existent. Existential. 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 Fucking hell. Existential responses aside, the simple answer is that natural uh, nature is done with us after a certain point. There we go. So nature, after we've reached a certain point, nature is like, okay, you're done. Uh, success in life, evolutionarily speaking, is passing on one's genes to offspring, which is obviously what I was talking about earlier on in this podcast. Uh, as such, most species die soon after their fecund days end. Salmon salmon die soon after making their upriver trek to fertilize their eggs. So they will swim upriver, they will fertilize their eggs, and they will be done. For them, reproduction is a one-day trip. Damn. Humans are a bit different. We invest heavily, heavily in our young, so we require a longer lifespan to continue parental care. But human lives outspace their fecundity. Fecundity. I can't even pronounce this one. I've never even seen this word. Fecundity. 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 I can't even pronounce it. I'm sounding drunk right now. I'm going to spell it out for you. F-E-C-U-N-D-I-T-Y. Fecundity. I can't pronounce that. I'm giving up on that one. Their use. I want to put down to use. They outspace their use by many years. This extended lifespan allows us to invest time, care and resources into grandchildren or even great-grandchildren who share our genes. This is known as the grandmother effect. But if grandparents are so useful, why is cap set at 100 some odd years because our evolution did not invest in longevity beyond that nerve cells do not replicate brains brains shrink hearts weaken and we die if evolution needed us to hang around longer maybe these kill switches uh maybe these kill switches would have been weeded out but evolution as we know it requires death to promote adaptive life at this age however it is likely that our children may be entering their grandparents years themselves and our genes will continue to be cared for in subsequent generations and that is that so basically uh, going on from that um we die uh, because we need to and that's basically it obviously some die because of you know um a cause of death um like a heart attack or a condition or a disease or an accident that may cause an early death um but you know essentially 
we die because we need to so that other life younger life can go on and reproduce obviously when we get to an older age reproduction is not going to be something that we can do you know you wouldn't see uh, an 80 or 90 or 100 odd year old person um, making babies you know, uh, or essentially, you know, once they're unable to look after themselves or look after other people, i.e. the grandmother effect, you, you're done, essentially, you're done, you're just waiting to die, which is a depressing thought and concept, but, you know, such is life, life is death, um, so, yeah, that's, an interesting concept. What are your thoughts on life and death? What what do you believe in? What what makes your brain tick and your heart beat faster about death? It's interesting. It's very interesting. But that is all I've got time for today, I'm afraid, with this podcast, guys. I hope I've opened your eyes or at least educated you in some areas about life and death um i know it's life and death is a touchy touchy subject for some and i know some might consider it morbid but others might consider it interesting because we all go through it we are all born we all live and at some point we will all die unless elon musk works wonders with uploading and downloading consciousness to a computer but until that day It is as it is, as it has always been. We are born, we live, and we die. So, yeah, that is all I have to say for today's podcast, guys. As I say, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't already, check out my YouTube channel, Nay's Place, on YouTube. Um, Give it a like, share, subscribe to all my content. If you are new to my channel and haven't yet been to it, definitely hit that subscribe button because i have a lot of interesting stuff coming up a lot of gameplays i have an independent movie coming out all good stuff you know um but yeah with that said done then guys podcast out take care and ta-ta for now